Well, here we are, episode six of Crime After Crime. Hey everyone, it's me, John Lorden. And me, Daniel Hallen, and as he said, welcome to our sixth anniversary. Yeah. We're, we're making it far, you guys. We're doing this together. I fully expect chocolate sent to a P.O. box I'm about to set up and some flowers. Thank you. It's much appreciated. Half a year, half a year of crime after crime. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's going by very, very quickly. Yeah, I haven't uh, found January. It came and then it was gone. So if anyone wants to help me out with that, that would be awesome. Seriously, yeah, I can't believe how how quick that month came and went. Crazy. Um, Well, let's remind everyone, first of all, after this episode drops, if you want to vote on today's episode, you can do that at our Twitter account, at CrimeAfterPod, and you can vote there for seven days after the episode drops. And occasionally, I might be a little late getting the poll up. I think that happened last month. Um, so you might have to check back, but there's another way to vote that's super easy and way more timely. Um, guys, I found out this past month that I'm a YouTuber that knows nothing about YouTube, so I'm here to tell you all about it. So, uh oh, <laughs> um, I've always told you guys, and I've always had the timestamp of where to vote, but according to a bunch of you guys on YouTube that are absolutely awesome, apparently, no matter what time the video is at, if you hover your cursor if you're on a computer in the right hand or the like top right corner of the video the eye pops up whenever you don't even have to go to the timestamp. wow excellent what amazing yes. listeners we have <laughs> thank you guys so much yeah i don't know about that either and i'm a youtuber <laughs> i know see i was like wow i'm starting to doubt what i'm doing but it is true if you guys want to vote if you are on a computer you can just hover your mouse right over the top right hand corner and an eye will appear it is not an actual eyeball it is a letter i you click on it and you should be able to cast your vote if you are on a phone however i'm not quite sure how that would work so i will keep putting the timestamp mm. that i put the card in at the uh, description box and probably i'll go ahead and keep putting it in the comments as well so you guys can go straight to that timestamp and go ahead and vote now this brings us to something very important which okay. is voting results that's right this is why we do this we've got our head-to-head battle that's been going on for six months now and we are here with the results for last episode that was episode five a crime committed in the name of good danielle all right everyone if you would like to take a moment of silence we all knew it was coming this Uh is the very end of an era someone has finally won two times in a row <gasps> oh my goodness and it was not me <laughs> uh, i was gonna say well i think i know who it is because i think i remember winning last time yes so twitter poll i won by 32 percent. shout out to oh. every single one of you did you hear that she said she won she's, she's still trying <laughs> to get it have in my moment <laughs> and then john was at 51 percent on twitter and in case you're wondering Ragu Burning Bull came in close at a 17%. Yes, I did add Ragu Burning Bull as a voting option. Uh, I actually had people even ask me, uh, like, uh, well, what are you guys going to do? Are you just going to split the percentage or something like that? And I think we just let it stand on its own. That story uh, deserves definitely, it. It does. It deserves its own attention. So 17%. 
And a big special thank you to the ragu burning bull. <laughs> exactly. And then on YouTube, John blew me out of the water. I was at 28% and he was at 71. Ooh. John, I'm here reluctantly. Yep. yep. Handing there it you is. Over your cup. And it's over. The crime after crime mug in my hand. Two times in a row. Well deserved. <sighs> Honestly, he has blown me away the past two times. I already knew getting into this, this man can research, okay? <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And yeah. I'm okay with that. And I'm well, not one to usually kneel down easily, but John, way to go. I want to give a big thank you to uh, Mr. Lovejoy for that amazing story because I think his character in a large part is what helped me win that one. Oh, he was uh, awesome. I still appreciate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Mr. Mr. Lovejoy, uh, I, I can't wait to pat you on the back someday, shake your hand, and thank you for this wondrous victory. Um, all right, now that I've got my cup, I am ready for today's episode. Our topic is craziest costumed criminals and we're so excited about this one i've been excited oh, yeah. about this one since the start i think this was one of our very first ideas yeah why we waited till six months i don't know but it actually works out great because it's coming at you know our half year anniversary i think that's pretty awesome yeah yeah absolutely well guys i've brought a story today it is it's an interesting one i don't know if uh -oh. you're ready for this <laughs> uh, i've got my mug as long as i have my mug i can face anything it's okay. I've brought my Christmas mug to bring me a little bit of joy to make up for the fact that I lost my mug today. But Danielle, it's it's February. You still you're still using your Christmas mug. I am, and actually, I wasn't planning on taking my Christmas decorations down either. And then my husband just did it. But we're gonna ignore that. Uh. Moving on to costumes. So today's story that I have for you is definitely an interesting one. There were a lot of good picks out there. Yeah. But this one in particular, I don't know what it was about it, man. It had me. So smuggling drugs through the airport is definitely not for the faint of heart. I know the story's already started off great, John. You don't have to tell yeah. me. Yeah. Wow. But people that do this usually have to do very uncomfortable and life-threatening things to successfully pull this off. They usually risk their lives by ingesting the drugs. I'm sure you all have seen how that ends up going on television. Yeah. At least I have multiple times. Yep. And I'm not even going to get into the uncomfortable things they do with the drugs sometimes because also I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Let your imaginations run, exactly. people. Exactly. Let them run free and wild. We're six-month anniversary. This is a special one. Yeah. <laughs> But other times, people get a little bit creative with their ideas, more so than that. They're always mm. trying to find a better, more subtle way of smuggling things through airport security. And three women in particular thought of a pretty bulletproof and brilliant way of successfully completing their mission. They figured they would do this by looking as pure and innocent as possible. So uh -oh. they had their plan, they went out, they grabbed their costumes of choice and they headed to the airport. On a beautiful Saturday in May of 2013, three women boarded a plane from Bogota to the island of San Andres in Colombia. Now, the island itself is known as a very popular vacation and party location, but most of all, it's known for drug trafficking. I mean, through submarines, through private airplanes, private boats. But these women weren't interested in parties or lavish resorts because they had sworn an oath to God and they never would involve themselves in such things. 
All three women arrived in the island of San Andres and hopped out of the plane in nun costumes. They're wearing nun habits. Three nun costumes. Wow. (laughs) They believed a nun was the most innocent of them all, so there was no way that their true mission would ever be uncovered. However, they didn't really think through the idea of how much attention three nuns walking through an airport would draw in. Hmm. These women behaved as nuns do, you know, in all of the movies. They clearly got to go to understanding. And they believed there was no way anyone would ever see through their costumes. So they slowly walked through the airport. They had their heads down. They had their hands clasped together. But they ended up letting their nerves get the best of them. And their last-minute purchase of very cheap nun costumes didn't work in their favor either. Uh Uh-oh. Unlike the calmness and grace of a nun, they frantically peeked up to look around. They were incredibly nervous about what they were doing. And then the stiffness of their plasticky costumes immediately gathered attention from authorities. They were plastic costumes? It was like the really cheap, horrible, stiff (sighs) costumes. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's almost like they went into a spirit costume store to get their costumes. Right, right. And you you know, nun outfits are very... I think they're probably made out of like a thicker cotton and, oh, yeah. you know, so this is just, it just, I mean, the authority said that they saw them from like a mile away. They were like, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> this fabric looks a little bit strange. So They didn't after- have like a section on the back where you tie it together, like at the back of your neck or something, did they? Well, I'm f- <laughs> oh my goodness. I sure hope not. I haven't seen the back of these costumes, but that yeah. honestly would be the icing on top of the cake here. Mm-hmm. But after they... After authorities watched how awkward these women were and how odd they were behaving, they decided to pull all three aside to be questioned and searched. Their plan to look innocent ended up coming back to bite them because they stuck out like a sore thumb. The women were searched, and this revealed that these women were not as holy as they appeared because they each had four and a half pounds of cocaine strapped to their legs. Whoa. Well, I'm glad it was strapped (laughs) to their legs. I was thinking of some other searches that might have happened, and that would have been terrible. I can't imagine someone... Trying to do like a body cavity search on a nun. On a nun. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Four and a half pounds each? Four and a half pounds each. Wow. That's crazy. At this point, they pretty much knew that their gig was up, and every single one of them burst into tears, realizing that their brilliant plan had failed them. The woman revealed to authorities that they actually weren't even religious at all. Surprise. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They all had just gotten themselves into deep financial trouble, and they had been trafficking drugs in order to have money. Now, for women that had never seemed to have smuggled drugs before, they certainly went all out, and they also had $35,000 of cocaine. Like, they really went hard their very first time. So all three of them were arrested and put in jail for drug trafficking, but not before authorities paraded them through the entire airport in front of cameras, videos, still in their nun costumes. <laughs> so there's a bunch of pictures of this. Oh, there's a video of it on YouTube, and they have them lined up. Their hands are still clasped together. It looks pretty real, in my opinion. It looks like three nuns are just standing there with their heads down. And, I mean, you hear click, 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 click from all the different <laughs> pictures, and they're all crying, not understanding why their plastic nun costumes didn't pull off their heist. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my goodness. And Well, and what, if, if you're moving that much money, I mean, yeah, put put some money into it in terms of your costume. I mean, you can get some decent nun costumes, I'm pretty sure. Um, that's that's amazing to me that we exa- go with something like that. Oh, exactly. And then, because, I mean, the authorities there were saying, the second these women got off the plane, they were like, wait a minute. 
Yeah. Like it wasn't even like it kind of took them a minute and it wasn't even their odd behavior that fully got the authorities' attention. They were saying the fabric didn't move right. Like it was just right. so horrible and stiff. And what I find most interesting about this story is that they aren't the only ones who have done this. Since then, so many people have dressed up as nuns. There have been bank robberies and nun costumes. There's been another trafficking nun in Australia. And I personally would assume that you would want to draw the least amount of attention to yourself as possible in these situations. So why these people choose a nun costume yeah, is absolutely beyond me. Because if I ever saw, I, I don't, you don't ever see a nun out anywhere. So if you saw a nun out in public, you're definitely going to have your attention drawn straight to them. Yeah, if, if you see a nun at a church, you know, yeah. yeah. That makes sense, but um, and you know I have I've seen nuns in airports and stuff like that, but it it seems to me like it's coming more from a fear based angle of the person that's doing it, and they're thinking that's going to provide them some protection in terms of them not being searched. Yep. Um, But you're right in terms of raising attention, calling attention to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Plastic nun costume? Nope, wasn't a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, dress up as Frankenstein. What what are you guys doing? So many other things in a non-costume. Oh, my goodness. Yep, well. Oh, wow. And then there's a spike in, in a non-crime, huh? Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. crime. Exactly. And then how do you ever trust one again? Because you just never know. <laughs> I'm telling you what. Trust is gone. Yeah, yeah. well, if, if you want to trust the nun, go to, go to the church and talk to a nun there. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So do we know how much time they got or I mean, I was trying to even find their names and man, they didn't release anything about these women. Nothing at all. Don't know how much time. Again, don't know their names. Didn't say where all of them were originally from. Their ages ranged from, I think, 22 to 30 something. Mm -hmm. So very, very random, odd group of people. But I guess that makes sense with an odd, an odd choice of costume to wear. Yeah, and it's weird. I have a little bit of a sad feeling about them doing this and trying to do this. You know, you never know what type of financial strains they might have been under or what types of problems they were trying to solve by doing this. Um, You know, not that that it justifies any crime. You know, this we're starting to tread into conversation from last episode. But uh, there is kind of the sadness to it. I'm almost happy that they didn't release their identity for it. I know. I know, yeah. for real, because, whoo. They obviously didn't know what they were doing very well. No. <laughs> you know, so no, it's it's one of those, yeah, where, I, uh, you know, in some cases you hear about silly crimes and you're like, yeah, you know, it's good to know the person's name in that one. That was really silly. But in this one, there's a little bit, for me, there's a little bit of a sad element to it. Yeah, so. there sure is. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Very, very good start, Danielle. Um Lesson learned, I won't ever dress up as a nun if I want to commit a crime. Yeah, yeah, probably not a good move. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, how about you take that one step further, Danielle, and just not commit any crimes? How about we go that way? I'll think about it. I'll let you know how I feel later. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my suggestion. I'm just going to put it out there. You know, I'm a friend of yours. Um, all right. Well, there's something I really like about your story in that uh, it ties the costume and the crimes together very well. Mm -hmm. I think you might have a leg up on me because of that particular angle, but Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and take a look at mine. And uh, I really, with my story, I I kind of focused on one of the words in the subject in particular. It is craziest costumed criminal. And this guy, 
that I'm going to tell you about, you might think he's pretty darn crazy. So let's go ahead and, and learn together here. After a spree of crimes in 2010, ABC News aired a piece titled, Are Creative Criminals on the Rise? Police said it's actually not the case, but I'm not so certain. From people wearing underwear on their face to hold up a McDonald's. I've heard about that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, I've seen a picture of that one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> to a guy dressed like a backstreet boy who was robbing a bank. I think you could have an entire podcast series just about this after what I found researching today's topic. One good aspect of this, at least for law enforcement, is that giving these criminals catchy nicknames like the underwear bandit or the backstreet bandit actually helps grab public interest and also helps put these people in jail. While most of the crimes I saw involved holdups where people were using some creative disguises, I think the case I found takes the term craziest costume criminal to a whole new level. Today's case is about a man named Adam Sandler. No, not that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, and apparently, yeah. And apparently, there's no relation. Uh, for this, for some reason, this Adam Sandler was originally named Daniel or Danny Sandler, but he's probably better known as Evil Elmo. Oh no. You see, yeah. Well, first of all, um, I sent Danielle a private message. Uh, I didn't tell her what story I was covering, but it was Elmo the I was... fire raging I, behind it <laughs> i was scared i saw it and i was like hmm i don't remember yeah. seeing this story but i bet you that has something to do with it <laughs> yeah if, if you guys check the gifs in twitter you can find the evil fiery elmo in there um you see danny brings joy to the hearts of children at tourist spots across the nation working on the streets near famous landmarks in his red furry elmo costume as what's known as a busker uh, that's a team, the term for a street performer that works primarily for tips. But this Elmo isn't the same one you've seen on Sesame Street. He yells, he goes on anti-Semitic rants, and yes, occasionally he commits crimes. He's also known for getting into scraps with unpaying tourists, local business employees, and homeless people. Let's back up from his career as Elmo for a moment here. Danny originally earned a bachelor's degree from the University of Oregon. At the age of 35, he lived in Cambodia and ran a pornographic website named Welcome to Rape Camp. Oh, wow. He sounds like a gem. Seriously. He really this does. Is, this is the Elmo you're sending your kids up to take a picture with. Oh, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah, and I don't want to go into too many details about what this website is, but let your mind run free, and you're probably right, uh, and there's probably even worse things than you can imagine. Uh, while he says that no one was harmed or forced to perform on the website and the women were paid, the type of content that they created was insanely disturbing. Uh, it was so bad that the Cambodian Minister of Women's Affairs called for his arrest, stating, we see this as an act of violence against women. Sandler said that the website wasn't marketed to citizens of Cambodia at all. When it came to his target audience, though, Sandler said, it might promote violence against women in the United States, but I say good. I hate those B words. Oh, they're out of line. Yeah, yeah. Isn't this guy a gem? <laughs> uh, they're out of line, and that's one of the reasons I want to do this. I'm going through a divorce right now. I hate American women. I'm offended. Yeah. Let me keep just in mind, say that. Keep in mind, this is this is Elmo that you send your kids up to take a picture with in front of Man's Chinese Theater. Oh, boy. 
he was arrested and, fight, and faced five years in jail. For some reason, U.S. officials intervened, and instead of being prosecuted, he was deported and banned from returning to Cambodia. Apparently, it was at this point that he thought he should officially change his name to Adam Sandler. Uh, back in the U.S., over a decade later, Danny somehow got a temporary position at the New York office for the Girl Scouts of the USA. He eventually lost that job and then found his furry red calling. I saw how these Elmo guys were working in Times Square, he said. He bought an Elmo costume online for 300 bucks and got to work. Very soon, the costume had paid for itself. Danny can make a few hundred dollars in a single day. When Times Square seemed like it had too many Elmos, he moved to Central Park. That's where evil Elmo started becoming an internet and media sensation. Two of his Central Park outbursts are available online. In one video from 2012 that's nearing half a million views, Danny, in full Elmo costume, claims, if you start your own business in this city, Jews will harass you. A bystander exclaims, that, that is the scariest Elmo I've seen in my whole life. If only she knew about Cambodia. Oh, yeah. In two, yeah, seriously. <clears throat> in 2012, police had to remove Elmo from Central Park after another outburst. He was put into an ambulance and taken in for mental evaluation. Obviously, they saw I was not a threat to myself or anybody, he said. I got some good sleep. Oh my gosh, John, this man is crazy. I'm telling you, the craziest costumed criminal. But we're, we still haven't quite, quite paralleled his costume to the crime yet, but we, we've, we've got more to go here. Perhaps Danny's infamy got to his head with his next scheme. In 2013, he was now in San Francisco where he was living out of a car and continued making money as Elmo. However, he was arrested on a warrant from New York. Danny was charged with trying to extort money from the Girl Scouts of America. Apparently, he began leaving harassing emails and voicemails for a supervisor he met while working his temp job there. He threatened to spread false rumors about sex abuse happening in the organization, unless they did one of two things. I want a telecommute job from home for life at $150,000, prosecutors say he emailed, or a $2 million cash settlement. As you know, the newspapers like to cover my evil Elmo scenario. How you treat me as a person will go a long way in regards to how I treat the Girl Scouts in the press, on the internet, and on YouTube. In another email, he stated, I will show up at Girl Scout functions and other places that parents and kids congregate and hold signs connecting the Girl Scouts with the Cambodian rape camp man. Now, just for you listeners, Danielle's jaw is literally <laughs> falling out of screen. <laughs> I don't. Um, I, yep, there we go. That's about all I have to say about it. it Cannot even yeah. form words. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He was arraigned and originally pled not guilty. The judge ordered him to be held on $200,000 bail. He event eventually wound up making a deal with prosecutors, pleading guilty to attempted grand larceny in the second degree and misdemeanor stalking in the third degree. He was sentenced to one year in prison. Before his sentencing, Danny made some more comments. This is not the case of someone in the back room of the office trying to embezzle money. This is more of a protest, like laying down in the intersection. I am in no way sorry to the Girl Scouts organization because I think they are a corrupt organization. Yeah. 
he went to jail. Good. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Awesome job, John. (laughs) Yeah, but unfortunately, Danielle, that is not the end of the story. You're lying. November 2014, a familiar furry red suit showed up again in San Francisco. Local shop owners near Fisherman's Wharf started putting up signs telling people that Elmo had nothing to do with their business. One particular merchant merchant caught the ugly side of Elmo when he noticed her anti-Elmo sign stating he was not an employee of their business. He demanded she remove it, and when she declined, he yelled at her, I'm going to rip your throat out. And by the way, most of his tirades when he yells and stuff, he's he's wearing the whole costume. He's not, you know, like with the head off or something like that. He's, he's literally Elmo yelling these things. Elmo was then arrested for making a criminal threat, but they also had several other misdemeanor accounts to charge him with. Police and a quality of life prosecutor assigned to the neighborhood had been collecting video and other evidence on Elmo for several weeks. We're not a big supporter of him being here, said a local waiter. He goes on rants and raves and accuses people of conspiracy theories, said Troy Campbell, the executive director of the Fisherman's Wharf Community Benefits District. He frightens visitors and locals. Whatever business he's in front of has a horrible day. Their business suffers. Sandler's bail was initially set at $250,000, and his Elmo suit was locked up as evidence. His public... (laughs) (laughs) Let me just take a moment for that to sink in. (laughs) Yes. And the article I saw that in actually said, yeah, his Elmo suit was locked up as evidence in the Hall of Justice. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um. His public defender did get his bail amount lowered to $150,000. Eventually, Sandler pled guilty and was given five years probation, and during that time he cannot go to Fisherman's Wharf, Union Square, or any of the piers along the Embarcadero. Anti-Semitic ranting Elmo, who has actually stated himself that he is actually Jewish, Wait a minute. told... I feel like I'm missing something because I could have swore earlier on he was dragging Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. He just keeps on. He's digging his hole, man. Yeah. This. I'm telling you, this is the story that just keeps on giving with this guy. It's. It's amazing. Uh, Yeah. So apparently, he is actually Jewish, and he told the San Francisco Gate newspaper, "I just want people to leave me alone." He said, "I just want to do my Elmo stuff." So. That should be the end, right, Danielle? Yes, but knowing, first of all, you and the stories you find, and second of all, this man, there's no way it's the end. Right, right. Good call. October 2016. The Los Angeles Times runs an article about a costume performer working near the L.A. Zoo. Oh, no. With a checkered past. Oh, gosh. Danny Adam Sandler is back. However, his red fur is now blue. He's now portraying the cookie monster. I tamed my behavior down since I've been at the zoo, since New York, Sandler said. This is a good place for me to be, because I'm only impacting one business. (laughs) Oh, okay. There we go. (laughs) I mean, if that's the way, you know what? Whatever makes you sleep better at night, Seriously. Uh, If I go to Santa Monica or something, it impacts 50 businesses, so it's better that I'm here, and it's calmer. No one's harassing me. LAPD has received numerous complaints from residents, businesses, and even another cookie monster who says he was threatened by Sandler. The zoo has received 67 formal complaints about him. Just here in the last six months, we've had quite a few problems with him, said LA police detective Gina Franco. 
This guy is like a national nuisance. I'm scared, said one man who filed a battery complaint against Sandler when he allegedly spit in the man's face. No one wants to hear the cookie monster say he's going to kill their family. You're kidding me. <laughs> and this man is going to try to say, oh, everyone is just harassing me. <laughs> like yeah. everyone's supposed to feel bad for him. Right, right. But cookie monsters telling some guy he's going to kill their family. Wow. So the next time you see costume performers at a tourist spot, you might want to think twice before sending your child into the arms of their favorite Sesame Street character. Oh, and I yeah. want to give a, a big <laughs> thank you to the San Francisco Gate, ABC, CBS News, The Atlantic, The New York Times, and The LA Times for information featured in this story. There was plenty to read about when it comes to Danny Adam Sandler. Wow, John, you've done it again. That <laughs> is insanity. This man, is he, does he, is he still out there? He's still at the zoo? He's still out there. I'm never going. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's going. that. Now that's the trick. I don't know that he's still at the zoo because he he started this thing where he would actually move across the country. Like he'd get so many citations in New York or something, he would eventually leave, and then he'd go to San Francisco or he'd go to L.A. He would even go to Honolulu, I believe. Um, so yeah, he's basically just looking for any particular tourist spot and plopping himself down and you know doing yeah. his rants and threatening people. But I mean, you know what? I want to know. So there's what? There's just like a certain percentage of people that thinks that's hilarious that they're being threatened. And then the other half is actually terrified. Yeah. But how on earth is he even still making any money from that to where it's worth doing this? I think honestly, he might just be crazy. Like full, like he, there's, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, um, I was looking for that as I was putting this story together. And the only hint we have is he did actually go through an eval that time that he was arrested from Central Park. Um, and they did take him directly to a hospital. They didn't actually arrest him. They just took him into custody and got him to the hospital. And he was released from the hospital and, you know, wound back up uh, there the next day. I don't think we could really believe his assessment of what they said no. necessarily. Absolutely uh, not. Not yeah, when he and, thinks he's being harassed. <laughs> when yeah. he's, all I did was tell them I was going to kill their family. I don't get why they're so mad at me. Like, what? <laughs> he just, I wouldn't trust yeah. anything he said. Absolutely not. Well, and it's kind of a weird thing. It, it almost feels a little bit like a scam. You know, I used to work on Hollywood Boulevard for a number of years, and there's a lot of costume performers out there. And it's almost like you don't, know that they're out there working for tips on their own necessarily because yeah. you know you're you're at this place and there's all these other businesses and maybe they did hire some guy to to do superman as a matter of fact hollywood superman who's kind of famous there's mm -hmm. this guy that's been doing it i think his name's christopher dennis if i remember correctly but he's been doing it for years he does get hired from businesses like during halloween uh hollywood toys and costumes which is a big halloween store out there will hire him to go stand in front of their store and help bring people in so there's times where you can see him and go up to him and take a picture and he's not going to ask you for money because he's being paid by the business. But if you go up to the same guy in the same costume in front of man's Chinese theater and he's not being paid by anyone, they'll take a picture and then they'll tell you that, you know, oh, you're supposed to pay me for that because I, I work solely on tips. Oh, so man. it's yeah, it's a little bit, it feels, it's not quite a scam. It just feels like it's not very upfront. And some of them are better than others. Some of them will be very direct about, oh, you want to take a picture? Well, that's going to cost you a dollar or it's going to cost you $2 or, or whatever. 
Um, but not all of them are. I've, I've had experience with a lot of them when I was out there. I kind of got a kick out of it for a while. I took a picture with a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, a coworker I actually worked with literally tried to take a picture with all of them and he would put them up in his office. I mean, he had like hundreds basically. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah. But even then, you know, um, these are people just like any other group of people. Certain number of them are dealing with possible drug addictions. Oh, yeah. Uh, relationship trouble. Uh, Christopher Dennis was actually featured in a documentary, The Hollywood Superman, and he uh, comes very clean about the fact that he's, he's struggled with drug addictions and, you know, basically kind of teetering on homelessness at times as well. So uh, it's, it's a tough thing. It's, it's kind of a tough thing. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it sure is. But, I mean, whoo. I would be upset if I were doing that for tips and someone didn't pay me. You know, maybe for being sneaky and saying it afterwards, that's one thing. But this guy being like, oh, by the way, if you don't tip me, I'm actually going to think about killing your family. That's that's probably not normal, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, he's a mess. Yeah. And there is there's another kind of sad aspect to it in that uh, his father started catching wind of these stories as they were going on and was starting to be interviewed by the media. And he was being very clear that um, he would be willing to pay to get his son into whatever institute he needed to help him, you know, deal with any of this. But uh, it doesn't seem like that was really connecting. I- I'm pretty sure oh, no. that you yeah. know, Danny wasn't going to put himself in that situation. But his his father was, uh, you could tell his father was obviously concerned and, and a bit upset with everything that was going on. Kind of, sort of sounds like a sociopath. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone else, you know, is doing wrong and he's always the victim and doesn't mm-hmm. really seem to pick up on social cues very well. So, wow, that's unfortunate because, you know... He might benefit from something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't know what the odds are of, of getting him to that. And um, another interesting aspect was he made several um, donations to different political campaigns and stuff, like hundreds of dollars, literally, um, which I know, you know, could, couldn't be easy to come across. I mean, yes, he, he can make a couple hundred bucks if he's at a good site, you know, working on a weekend or something like that. But this is a guy that's living out of his van, basically. He, um, so he's just very driven on what benefits him and, you know, his belief system and structure, mm-hmm. basically. And that's about it. So, yeah. oh, wow. He scares me yeah. a little bit, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> he the, and that's. Me out. That's where I think the costume kind of comes into play because uh, you don't know. You don't know who's under that mask at those locations. It's not the same as going to Disneyland and knowing that, you know, Mickey Mouse works for the company and is a trained employee and is trained specifically on how to handle children and, you know, adults and certain situations. You don't have any of that going on here. You've got a guy that's really just, you know, it sounds like he's already teetering on the edge for himself. But now he's putting himself around families and children in these in these spots. So yeah, that's terrifying. And anyone could do that. Anyone. That's yeah. scary. Wow, that's something I've never considered before. And I've always been a little bit eerie <laughs> about people <laughs> in full costumes. But now, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This has thrown into question a lot of things that I thought I trusted at one point. This whole entire episode, I'm starting to question everything. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, if, if the podcast doesn't make it for some reason, Danielle, we can always get a, an Elmo and a Cookie Monster 
costume and do the podcast in front of some <laughs> there people would love it oh yeah we might just need to start doing that now everyone right. on youtube we will be able to see it that'll be entertaining yeah yeah i wonder if we get picked up by major media and like hey there's this elmo and cookie monster that are talking about true crime all the time in front of the la zoo <laughs> that's another interesting angle is the la zoo actually has areas that are designated as free speech areas oh. and that's that's part of what protects him, even if he's going off on these rants, is, you know, he's, he's got freedom of speech. He's able to go if he's in a, you know, free speech zone and, and share his thoughts, regardless of how whacked out they might be. Well, that was another one of my questions, is I feel like he's done so many horrible things, but he somehow has managed to kind of skate by for the most part for a lot of them. So that, I mean, that's yeah. one of the answers, obviously, but I feel like that's crazy. I feel like... You would hear a story like that and immediately think, you know, that person would never be allowed to do anything like that ever again anywhere that they go. But, man, this yeah. world will surprise you. Yeah. I, I think the, the Girl Scout angle is is really the uh, centerpiece, though. I mean, to, you know, to try to extort money out of an organization like that and in that way in particular by threatening that, you know, you're going to leak stories about false sexual abuse that's happening there. Oh, yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it just really goes to show, I mean, he's he's really putting himself at the center of his own universe. He just thinks that, you know, he deserves this or he's the most important thing. And he's willing to take some very drastic steps for getting what he believes he deserves. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> well, did you come across any other crazy stories? Because I know I did. Oh, you know I did, Danielle. <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, let's start with another bad cookie monster. The, the fact that there's more than one, <laughs> like you wouldn't even expect one, yeah. but now there's two. So now well, I'm really Well, worried. I know there's I know there's more than one because uh, when I was out working around Hollywood Boulevard, um, SpongeBob got in a fight with two women. You can see that. There's footage of that. I think TMZ actually caught that. Uh, Mickey Mouse would get in fight with people all the time, push children. Uh, Spider-Man got arrested. Uh, there's all this stuff you can find online. There's there's footage of all these things happening. I mean, there was a lot. Like Hollywood Boulevard was a hotbed for these types of oh my bad goodness. character situations. But sounds like New York isn't too far behind. Uh, a man dressed as a Sesame Street character, Cookie Monster, was arrested on charges of endangering the welfare of a child in April of 2013 after he allegedly shoved a two-year-old in New York times square osvaldo uh kiras lopez 33 of queens new york allegedly demanded two dollars from a connecticut family who posed for a photo with him dressed as the furry blue creature the family refused to pay and the child's parents told police the cookie monster began yelling obscenities and shoved the toddler yeah like the, the two-year-old could do anything what was he supposed to pull out his wallet that yeah poor child <laughs> and it's so the same sad. mechanic yeah, it's the same mechanic I'm, I'm telling you about. You know, people yeah. go up to a site and they think, oh, this is an employee and yeah, we can take a picture with that. And then all of a sudden you're learning, no, 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 that, that's $2. You owe me $2. Uh, the Cookie Monster impersonator uh, did deny the accusations. So I just wanted to include that. But it sounds like we have another bad Cookie Monster. Oh, my goodness. I don't like that. What you, yeah. What do you got? So this one, honestly, I think this is probably the funniest one to me because I just picture it um, and no one got harmed thankfully I think there was maybe a broken leg but nothing too serious um, it's about a, a woman that dressed up in a T-Rex costume 
like one of those giant like inflatable weird right. t-rex ones they're in all the videos all the time um yeah. why you ask apparently to scare carriage horses so this woman what? would dress up in her t-rex costume and show up and growl at the horses in her t-rex costume and she would spook them so bad that they would crash into cars like and she did this i think more than one time she ended up turning herself in she was 26 years old i don't think she ever stated what her purpose was for growling at horses in a t-rex costume but she certainly did it <laughs> so yeah did, did she just hate horses like what what's the motivation there honestly i have no idea like what 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 could you possibly be thinking to be like you know what i'm pulling out my t-rex costume and i'm about to go start growling at some animals <laughs> like yeah, okay yeah don't get all weird about it i mean if you're gonna do something dress up like a nun I go know, out exactly. and growl at the horses exactly <laughs> oh my goodness wow that is a strange one. Uh, September 5th, 2011, in San Diego, California, a suspect dressed like Gumby told a 7-Eleven clerk he was being robbed. Fumbling inside the costume as if to pull a gun, he actually dropped 27 cents and then left. Oh, my gosh. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and there's footage of that as well that you can find online of Gumby supposedly trying to pull off a robbery. <laughs> dropping his change and leaving well i've got one i've got one as well and this one i'm surprised you could see it you want to know why because in 2013 in anniston alabama someone dressed up as a ghost <laughs> and they broke into a liquor store <laughs> a good old ghost i'm talking not even like a costume like this person cut holes out of a sheet oh wow the best part about this is that the ghost didn't even steal anything that's it just came what? in, walked around the aisles. The still shots are hilarious. So hopefully we can put some in for the YouTube version of this. Yeah, yeah. Now, oh, is, was hilarious. this place closed at the time? They were closed. This person broke in, wandered around the different aisles of this liquor store, took nothing. Just <laughs> came and went as a ghost. Wow, that, I have no idea I, why. <laughs> I'm almost wondering if that was like an employee that was trying to get the next day off or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm dressing up as a ghost. Right, right. Oh, man. That's a really bizarre one, especially the fact they didn't take anything. What yeah, I don't get that either. I just think it's was, so, it's hilarious. I mean, just like a sheet. Just wait till you yeah. see the picture of John. You're going to be like, are you kidding me? Was that the same girl that dressed up like a like a T-Rex? <sighs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I think just, they may have shared one brain, maybe. It's yeah, there's just no motivation there. No. What the heck is that? Uh, okay, I got one more here. April 21st, 2007 in Florida. R Raymond Adamchik, a 54-year-old doctor dressed as Captain America, sticks a burrito in his pants. He asks women if they want to touch it. Oh. Not surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, and by the way, this isn't at Halloween, but I, I do think it's a superhero party. It, it actually takes place in April. But... Uh, so, uh, not surprisingly, this pickup line gets him many rejections, so he takes the burrito out and starts groping two women. Someone calls the cops. When they arrive, they take four Captain Americas outside, but one of the women identified Dr. Adamchik. When he gets to the police station to be booked, he asks to use the toilet and then tries to flush a baggie of pot and a joint down the toilet. Now, you know, they don't just let you use the toilet if you're being in there being booked, right? There was no. a cop in there with him. <clears throat> oh so gosh. the cop saw what was happening and tried to grab the evidence as it was being flushed. The baggie got away, but the joint didn't. 
Captain America was then charged with battery, disorderly conduct, possession of cannabis, and destruction of evidence. Wow, that's one way to go down. Seriously. <laughs> Who thought of the burrito? What that's the what I know, like, what? I'm telling you, I'm never going to get tired of trying to figure out how the people that we talk about think of the things that they do. Like, I, yes. I can't get it on any level. Seriously. I'm, I'm telling you, there are so many of these stories, uh, but so many of them are, are like that length. You know, it's just this weird, kooky thing that someone did yep. um, in a costume. <laughs> yep. I found one, honestly, to me, it's just kind of ironic. Yeah. Uh, it was Halloween night. And a man named James from Ohio was driving a little bit recklessly on the road. And he ended up being pulled over and charged with a DUI, which is interesting because he was wearing a breathalyzer costume at the time of his arrest (laughs) while driving drunk. Yep. And um, it was just a lovely placed costume where the portion (laughs) where you blow into the breathalyzer was just perfectly positioned if you're picking up what i'm throwing down yeah let's just say that uh i saw a picture of this and let's just say that the breathalyzer costume the the piece that you blow into is at the same spot that captain america was storing his burritos exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's a perfect way of putting it john thank you (laughs) oh my gosh and of course right above it it says blow here it's a it's just you know what that's, right, that's an right. embarrassing enough costume, but then to be arrested for a DUI while in a breathalyzer costume, that's a that's an all-time low right there. I would love to know how he feels about that today. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, ho- I hope his friends continue to give him heck over that because I'm pretty sure he got a certain amount, but I don't think it should ever end. No. I think you should hear about something like that for the rest of your you life. You should because that is a mess. <laughs> that is a mess. Like You've got to have really bad luck for all of that to happen the way that it did. Oh, yeah, my goodness. seriously. Seriously. Wow. All right, everyone. That is this month's episode. Um, what do you guys think? What do you think about the two stories that were told? It's up to you to vote so you can tell us who the winner is. Who had the best story if you go ahead, about the craziest costumed criminal? If you go ahead and look up in the corner right now, there will be an eye. But just as a reminder, if you end up missing this, there's always going to be a timestamp down below that you guys can click. And if you're on the computer, you can hover your cursor over the right-hand corner of the screen at any time. I'm interested to see how this is going to go. I believe John's got this one in the bag again, which means, I mean, I've got a long next month ahead of me because for my own sanity, I have to come with a good one next month. Oh, can I go to, on a run here? It has to blow you out of the water. No, I will not allow it. I already know you're going to win a third time because <laughs> that story I was don't know. great. That, no, that was a good one. But I'm curious because yours, in yours, the costume is directly related to the crime. In mine, I've got a guy that's basically living in this costume and he's doing a bunch of stupid stuff. <laughs> he really, He really is. He might as well be living in it. Uh, he yeah, just had, I mean, I mean, man, he had a lot of determination. He wanted to be Elmo. He, he really did. Evil Elmo. Um, and next episode, we have our topic, and we want to give a very big thank you to Cheeks Makeup for suggesting this. Uh, she was kind enough to actually send us several different ideas. Uh, next month's topic is Most Dangerous Elderly Criminals. Oh, and you look excited. I'm excited. You don't put anything past an elderly person. I'm telling you. <laughs> if, if you guys are on our Patreon, you are going to hear... 
a monthly episode, I'm going to tell you some of my experiences. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. You've got some firsthand knowledge there. Yeah, don't, good point. Don't put anything past them. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the part of the show where we usually tell you about another podcast. I'm going to hijack it because I've got something special to tell all of you about. I've been working on another podcast with two other true crimers, Gray Hughes and Mike Morford, who you might know as Morph. Uh, Gray Hughes, of course, is another YouTuber, does a lot of live streams, uh, very detail-oriented guy into 3D modeling, maps, and all that stuff. Mike Morford has several different podcasts, probably best known for covering the East Area Rapist case, uh, and he's a really good interviewer. One of his podcasts is called The Murder in My Family, where he interviews family members. Excellent, excellent interviewer. So the three of us are working together on a new podcast called three men and a mystery and we have a particular case we're looking into we're doing a deep dive on that case so all the episodes at least for the first season are going to be specifically about that case i just want to make sure to let all you guys know about it the twitter is up and running you can follow us at three men and a mystery and that's the number three at three men and a mystery so don't miss out and if you guys want to make sure you don't miss any content from either John or I, you can find us at our separate YouTube channels. Mine is Danielle Hallen. You can just type that in. It's Danielle without an I, um, D-A-N-E-L-L-E, and you will find me there. And you can also find me on social media at Danielle Hallen. And we also do a YouTube version of this on YouTube. That's a little redundant <laughs> at Crime <laughs> After Crime. You can find me on the Lord and Arts channel on YouTube. That's spelled L-O-R-D-A-N-A-R-T-S. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Lord and Arts. Now, if you have ideas for future episodes of Crime After Crime, please take the time, punch those up, and email them to us at crimeaftercrime at lordandarts.com. Or you can tweet them to us on Twitter at crimeafterpod. Crime After Crime is produced and hosted by Danielle Hallen and John Lorden. And we also want to take a minute, as always, to thank our patrons. You guys are the ones that allow us to have limited ads on YouTube and no ads on the audio version of this podcast. Plus, you guys get Patreon special segments monthly where John always asks crazy questions. We go through a lot of different personal things, um, such as, you know, things we go through on our channel, things we go through on the podcast. And you also get to learn a lot about us and we learn a lot about each other. It's always an interesting time. And as soon as you join our Patreon, you get a personal shout out and an upcoming Patreon special. It's awesome over there. We really appreciate you guys. You guys have allowed us to have this podcast. We want to say a major thank you. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this episode of Crime After Crime, please rate or review us on whichever platform you found us on. We still need help growing and we cannot do that without your help. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone about Crime After Crime. And we also want to remind you guys that our merch store is officially open. We announced it on our last podcast episode. You can go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash crime after crime. You can get a coffee mug. You can get a bag. You can get Be a your own winner. Get your own mug. Exactly. If you want to get it for me and just support me through this emotional <laughs> time that I'm going through, that would be awesome, you guys. But we will see you guys next time on Crime After Crime. Bye-bye.